only three coaches in history have won major college football national championships at two different universities. Pop Warner, Nick Saban, and our next guest right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. Give me a follow on Twitter at the Sports Jesus. That's at the Sports Jesus. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, some coaches seem to have that Midas touch and turn programs into solid gold, like undefeated seasons. Unbeaten, unblemished, not since 1930 have the Utah Utes been able to do that. The Buckeyes to their sixth perfect season in school history in 123 years of football, 12-0. National championships. The Gators celebrate as national champions. Urban Meyer will celebrate the third national championship for the University of Florida. And the Ohio State Buckeyes are the first national champions of the playoff era. Heisman winners. This year's Heisman Trophy is Tim Tebow. And ascend to the coaching apex. Urban Meyer, the Big Ten's all-decade head coach. One of the greatest coaches we've ever seen in college football history. That's why I'm excited to have one of the greatest to ever roam the sidelines. Urban Meyer, three-time national championship head coach. Thanks for joining me, coach. Yeah, great to be with you. Thanks. What happens if you don't put the in front of Ohio State University? Well, it depends where you're at. If you're in Ann Arbor, Michigan, it's okay. If you're in uh, Tuscaloosa, it's okay. If you're in Columbus, you kind of they get after you a little bit. So we expect the in Ohio. All right. Well, I'm glad I use it then. <laughs> Let's head back to uh, 1982 when you were drafted by the Atlanta Braves. And he also, uh, after that, played DB for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Why is being a multi-sport athlete important? Oh, I just, I've always been a big fan of that. Uh, my children, I've been very lucky. I've had three Division One A athlete kids that I pushed it really hard in recruiting. I often, there's nothing quite like watching a basketball or a football player play other sports like basketball and wrestling and and now that I'm assistant AD, I really just watch all these other incredible sports. I think the diversity of movement, the diversity of people, you know, just having something other than the one person that just stays, plays the same sport his entire life. A lot of times, my experience, those guys get burnt out, guys or gals, you know. Sure. I, you know, just as a father, my, my, I witnessed that with my son. Everybody said everybody should, you know, just quit all sports and play baseball. These kids are like seven years old. I was like, what are you kidding me? <laughs> so I, I just, I'm, a, I'm just a big fan of the multi-sport athlete, men and women. 
And uh, let's jump into your amazing coaching career. You get the graduate assistant gig at Ohio State, but it's for the tight ends. Why didn't you pick your uh, DB position you played? That's a great story. I uh, I got inter- a chance to interview, and I'm, I flew. I drove up to Columbus, and I'm with uh, waiting to hear from Earl Bruce to go walk in the interview. And uh, G- another graduate assistant walks by me and said, "Are you?" Hey, introduced himself, and he said, "Are you here for the GA position?" I am. He said, well, "There's two of them open. One's tight end, and one's defensive back." And I said, "Well, I'm here for the defensive back." She said, "No, no. Try to get the tight end because you really get the coach. The defensive back. All you do is make coffee, run errands, and." I go, really? And then right then, Earl Bruce says, come on in. I've never played tight end. I've never coached on offense. I never really played offense. Yeah, you're going in, probably going in the interview, uh, thinking about the DB position. And I start sweating like a mule, just sweating bullets. And then all of a sudden, Earl Bruce starts asking me questions. And then he takes a phone call, comes in, he says, hey, you know what? You're a good student. We'll go ahead and hire you. And I was officially the tight end graduate assistant at Ohio State. Well, it sounds like a good, some good info you got right before you went in. And you, you right. spend the next 13 years as an assistant in multiple programs, then land your first head coaching gig at Bowling Green. What's the uh, most challenging part of going from assistant to head coach? Father really, the incredible uh, priest at Notre Dame, gave me some great advice. And he was actually in the movie, Rudy, he was a family friend, baptized my son and oh, wow. an older gentleman. And he said, when I was at Notre Dame getting ready to take over the head coaching job at Bowling Green, he said, do you understand there's a big difference between making a suggestion and making a decision? And I said, well, of course. He said, well, let me tell you something, pal. Up to now, you've been making nothing but suggestions. (laughs) Now you make decisions and it's going to impact a lot of people, a lot of people's families, a lot of people's lives. So, and obviously he brought faith into it. Use prayer and, and think wisely because you're going to impact a lot of people now. Wow. Prayer and think wisely. I like that. In 2004, you lead Utah to a BCS bid. It was the first for a non-automatically qualifying team and you capped off the perfect season with a win over Pitt in the Fiesta Bowl. What are the difficulties though, being in a non-Power 5 team? Yeah, we all took that very personal at Utah when people, a lot of the announcers and media said that we don't belong in the conversation for a run at the national title. And this was a, not a good team, a great team. You had Alex Smith, the number one pick at sure. tail, uh, quarterback. You had we had we were loaded, and we are were undefeated against non-BCS teams. I mean BCS teams, excuse me, including just I mean beating teams badly. You know, like Texas A&M and some other teams. So we all took it very personal. We played with a chip on our players. Played with a chip on our shoulder. We coached with a chip on our shoulder, and we got an opportunity. So. The challenges are obvious. You just don't have the same depth that maybe an SEC or a Big Ten school does. But you can't tell me. You look at some of the great quarterbacks from Leftwich, you know, all those great quarterbacks, Pennington, Marshall, and then Alex Smith, all these great players that came from maybe the non-Power 5 schools. Sure, and I guess that's what's good about the current system. At least there's four teams that can get in now, and sometimes with the BCS, that wasn't always the case. Right. We are speaking with Urban Meyer, three-time national championship head coach. And you had a big decision after that, Notre Dame or Florida. What factors went into your choice picking Florida? Well, my wife wanted to move to Florida, and the kids did. They, uh, the wife uh, always gets the we, way. I understand. Yeah, she usually <laughs> wins. But also, I professionally, Ron Zook was a coach at Florida, and he was an excellent recruiter. I know Coach Zook. Much respect for him. Uh, I really studied the rosters. They had a better roster than 
uh, Notre Dame. I love Notre Dame. I'm Irish Catholic. I've always been a huge fan. It was a really, really hard decision. It was very close. And at the end, I just felt my family wanted to do it. And we had a chance to win uh, quickly because I, once again, just studied the roster. And so we made the decision to go to Florida. Well, Florida was a right pick. You win two national championships and coach your first Heisman Trophy winner in Tim Tebow. From the outside, it looked like instant success. What is something we didn't see from your time with the Gators? Well, anytime you take over for a beloved coach, and I've done that at four different places, you know, you take over for Ron Zook, the players loved him. I took over for Jim Trestle here at Ohio State, the players love him. So so the key is you have to let those players know that you, you do. Lou Holtz is really helpful for me in my career. And basically, I, I started every time I ever took a program to say, yeah, I realize you did not choose me. I chose you. And I chose you because I believe in you, and you are now our players, and we're going to push you, but we love you and care for you. I see some guys going to programs, and you'll hear comments like, well, where do I get my own guys in here? Mm. And that's, that's wrong. Yeah, in three years uh, it will happen. Yeah, you don't do that. You, you, take, you take those players immediately and let them know you care deeply for them and work with them. And so we've had immediate turnarounds, really, at all four stops. Yeah, well, I mean, talk about an immediate turnaround. The 2012, you head to Columbus and go undefeated in your first season at Ohio State. The team was ineligible for postseason play, but do you think that team would have been a title contender? Oh, sure. Uh, we went undefeated, and if you remember, Alabama had one loss. Notre Dame was undefeated. Sure. And if we weren't banned from a bowl, we might have had a shot at Notre Dame in the bowl game and you know that on any given day that team could have won now do I think that team was as talented as the 14-15 and as they are now no no they weren't a very talented team though and as good a team as far as character and you know trust and brotherhood that was an incredible team yeah well speaking of the 2014 team it was historic but filled with adversity how did you adjust from your number one to your number three quarterback? Well, number one was Braxton Miller. He got hurt a week before the first game, and a kid named J.T. Barrett, a freshman, came in and started slow, but boy, did he play great oh, down yeah. the road. And he was surrounded by really good players. You had Bosa, Joey Boson. You had uh, Zeke Elliott, Mike Thomas. Um, just an incredibly talented players that a lot of them are still playing the NFL, and they kind of picked up the slack. And then our third-string guy came in, and it was a storybook ending that, I mean, he played as well. He only had three starts, and he beat three teams in the top five, uh, Wisconsin, Alabama, then the national championship against Oregon. So it was one of those storybook endings, and it was a storybook because everybody picked up the slack. We realized that when you lose Braxton Miller, that guy's a Heisman candidate. Then you lose JT is legitimate because he was a top five finisher in the Heisman, and then a guy named Cardell came in and, as he told, as he says it best, as he didn't want to let his brothers down. Oh, that's fantastic. Like you said, in that first ever college football playoff, did you feel like you were playing almost two national championship games because you had to knock off top-ranked Alabama and then go and play the Oregon Ducks led by Heisman Trophy winner Marcus Mariota? We did. That was the first year they did it, and i got to give logis logistically, they did a wonderful job, the uh, college football playoff people, but you know, that was two that was so physical that we had to really alter all the plans I had for practice for the national championship game because our players are so beat up. We had to get them healthy for that next game. And that's a, that's a grind. Now you go from playing your rival um, to the big 10 championship yeah, big game 10. and the final game. 
Yeah, that's amazing. But in your 30 years of coaching, and you were talking about it a little bit, the culture of the team, why is that so important? To me, that's the essence of your team. If, you know, adversity will hit, not it's a question of if it will hit, it will hit. And leadership and culture get exposed in adversity. And, and it may, it's amazing to me, Chris, that when I hear people talk about the NFL and say, okay, this team's struggling because they have bad players. And I, my head almost pops off my shoulder. I'm like, bad players? They're NFL players. <laughs> yeah, they're the best of the best. Or they're, or they're bad coaches. They're, they're, those are great coaches, great players. However, what there is, there's a bad culture within the organization. And, and what I'm finding out is, as I get more involved in corporate America, it's no different. You know, you can't, you can't just blame others. You can't blame the product you're trying to sell. A lot of times, you just have a very bad culture within your organization. That is the key. And you worked under some uh, legendary coaches like Lou Holtz, like you said, Bob Davey, Earl Bruce. Who had the biggest impact on you? I would say Earl Bruce. You know, I, I was very young when uh, he hired me at Ohio State. Um, other than my father, I was that close with him. He taught me, you know, the, the one thing I'll never forget, you know, just there's no gray area, there's right and wrong. And, you know, that's why compliance-wise and following the rules and you know, the staffs I've always had, I made that perfectly clear that this is the way we do business. Then a premium placed on education and a premium placed on toughness. Uh, that's what I learned from him. And I'm very fortunate I got to work for him. That's a winning combination right there. And we are speaking with Urban Meyer, three-time national championship head coach and currently the assistant athletics director for the Ohio State University. And you also coach some amazing players like Tim Tebow, like you said, the Boses. Chase Young, Zeke Elliott, what are some of the characteristics that made them successful? You know, as I reflect on my career and those great players, the one common denominator that they all had, you know, you'd be black, white, orange, green, you could be Jewish, Christian, you can come from Samoa, Tonga, Paulton, anywhere. The one common denominator is their elite competitors. They refuse to lose. And every great player, every great coach I've been around, that's the one common denominator they all have. Refuse to lose. I like that. And your coaching tree has many branches like Dan Mullen, Mike Vrabel, Luke Fickle, and many more. Who had the most success that surprised you? I think Dan Mullen, because he's from New Hampshire. I remember uh, he's a brilliant coach, great offensive mind, and he was very young. And he called me one night, or he told me as we're getting ready to play Alabama in the 08 SEC Championship, he goes, I got a call from Mississippi State. And Mississippi State was really struggling back then. Sure. And I said, Dan, you don't take that job. <laughs> You're a New Hampshire guy. Wait for something that would fit your. And I underestimated, you know, I love Dan. Dan's, I'm a very close friend with Dan. He's as good as ever been around. But he, that just shows you that the, the fundamentals of leadership, uh, whether you're in a unique part of the country or not, they survive. And he survived, but not only survived, thrived at Mississippi State. And now he's doing a great job of Florida. So I'd say Dan was the uh, I, the pleasant surprise. I'm very happy for him. Yeah, well, he learned under the best. And the recruiting channel we hear is uh, grueling enough. But what happened when a five-star uh, linebacker, Baron Browning, tried to play a practical joke on you? Does that oh, happen? Yeah. Great story. He, uh, Yeah, you did your homework. Great story. I thought we had a chance at having him. And at about 9 o'clock at night, he's supposed to make his decision. And I get a text message from him that said, hey, coach, I appreciate everything done, but I'm going to roll with the tide. Uh -oh. I pick my phone. I throw it against the wall. 
and it hit. My <laughs> wife had the pillows off the bed, so it hit the pillows, and it didn't shatter. Oh. And then all of a sudden, I hear it buzzing a couple minutes later. I was so upset. And as his father, he said, well, congratulations, Coach. You got him. And I go, what are you talking about? He just sent me a text. He said, Coach, he's pulling your chain. Oh. And uh, But I got even with him. And so about a week later, when everyone was saying I was going to go to the NFL, me and his mom pulled him out of class, and she went down to his he went down to her classroom and said, uh, Coach wants to talk to you. And I said, Baron, uh, I know you just signed a scholarship, but I've decided to go to the L.A. Rams. As a coach. <laughs> and they said he teared up and got really upset. And I said, hey, man, I'm just kidding. So uh, we're, we're, how long did you leave him hanging? No, just um, I, I didn't want to. <laughs> something bad happened, so really quickly I told him. Oh, that's fantastic. Speaking of practical jokes, who goose off the most on the college football pregame show Big Noon Kickoff? I think Reggie Bush is the best. You know, I, I love Reggie Bush, but him and Matt Liner have a long relationship. And Brady Quinn, you know, they beat him in the Bush push, uh, oh, USC yeah. versus Notre Dame. And the, I mean, that comes up every week. Oh, I bet. I can't be happier with that group, though. They those group, That group's awesome. Well, you all do a fantastic job. And uh, I know your award case is stuffed. You garnered three national championships, the Woody Hayes Trophy twice, Eddie Robinson, Home Depot, and Sporting News Coach of the Year. Coach of the Decade Awards, just to name a few. Growing up in Northeast Ohio, did you ever dream of this much success? I think we all dream of it. You know, I didn't ever really think it could become a reality until things started happening. And then it happened so fast, you're just trying to get the next recruit and win the next game. So I'm very uh, appreciative of all all the great things. All the success is well-deserved. All right, it's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. Let's go three and out with Urban Meyer. Three-letter questions to close out our interview. First off, how much would it cost for you to wear a Michigan shirt around for an entire day? Yeah, it won't never happen. There's not enough money available. (laughs) All right, that answers that, solidifies that one. Number two, which would you be more inclined to do, the full Mr. Two-Bits routine in the swamp or dotting the I in Script, Ohio? Oh, I... That's a tough question because I have great respect for go both places, but my home is uh, the great state of Ohio, and that's been something that I've watched since I was a young person, so dot in the eye. Dot in the eye it is. And finally, I'm a foodie, and since you've coached all over the country, what is your one favorite place or meal that you have loved that you can't get in Columbus? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me think here. I would say Ballyhoo's, an incredible restaurant in Gainesville, Florida, was our go-to spot for many, many years. What's the meal there? Oh, it's just fresh fish. It's a seafood place. Oh, sounds good. Can't go wrong with fresh-caught Florida deliciousness. Well, we've been speaking with Urban Meyer, three-time national champion. Thanks for joining me today, Coach. You bet, Chris. Thank you. And, of course, Believe in College Football Legends is presented by Bet Online. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary.